Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my returning guest co-host and contributor today, Shantasia. If you remember, we had a lovely conversation as she discussed being a Christian who has dissociative identity disorder. And now she's back talking about her book of poetry called Scraps of Love, Poetry from the Darkest Night. And these were written during 1997 to 2010. It's available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. So go ahead and make sure you love my sister and pick them up today. What I really appreciate is that poetry is extremely hard to do. I think it's one of the most complex forms of writing out there. I say that because poetry, unlike writing fictional narratives or nonfiction, you are actually doing both. You're capturing a single truth in a moment and you're putting it down to verse. For anyone who can do poetry, more power to you. She's probably the second poet I had on this show, so I'm looking forward to talking about her book here. Before we do that, I want to thank you all for your support of Write Stuff. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. If you want to stay connected with PJC Media, Simply go to pjcmedia.net and click on the pink subscribe button and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. Thank you all for your support of my newest release called A Chance for Genevieve. It's available exclusively on Amazon.com. Your response has been absolutely phenomenal and I hope you continue to like the story. If you haven't had a chance to read it, go ahead and pick up your copy today. And so I'm going to bring my good friend Shan back on to the show. Shan, how you doing today? I'm doing really good, Parker. Before you came, I had never met anyone who had DID, and I'm so thankful for that show that we did. It's gotten a lot of great response from our listeners, and so many people have been just informed about what DID is. So you're back again to showcase your poetry book, but I want to let you know that because of your show, someone else who also has DID was empowered to bring their struggle and their triumph of DID to the public eye as well. So thank you, Shan. That's so awesome to hear. I was so nervous to join you because I thought I would get a more negative response, but I also got a lot of private messages of people that were just like, thank you for speaking out and thank you for sharing something new with me. And so it was really cool. What I really enjoyed about that particular show was being informed of what DID is. Having knowledge actually made the whole disorder not seem so mysterious. Because Hollywood has done a great job of acting as if it's a mysterious thing. Also simplified it to its crudest terms as if it's an evil personality that takes over the body and does these things. But one of the things I shared with on our Instagram following, I shared that what you said that DID 
the system is there to protect the person. It's not there to harm the person. It's there to work in obscurity. And so because of that, I'm pretty sure other people were informed as well. So that's why I'm so glad that you are very courageous coming on board and telling us about BID. And now we're going to be highlighting your poetry here. And I noticed that the subtitle is Poetry from the Darkest Night, 1997 to 2010. So I have to know, where did this idea for your poetry come from? Well, it really was a dark period just because being raised in the abusive household that I was in, I didn't realize I lived in a darkness at that time because everything that was happening in our family was normal. The things that were happening to me as far as the sexual abuse, a lot of my friends were also experiencing that. So it was just normal. And so when we moved and I had come across my collection and had gotten ruined in a flood in the shed and I started reading it and reading it years later and having a different adult perspective of what was happening. And I just realized like I had no idea what I was living in, but yet at the same time, there was so much hope in the poems. And that really surprised me. So I just wanted to showcase that, that it is the darkest part, but yet there was so much hope that I was feeling and having the faith that I wasn't be able to get through it, even though I didn't really understand or have words to express exactly what was happening at the time. One of the things that I find completely incredible about the written word that God gives us is that words can be so healing. When you can articulate your pain and you can use words to help you heal yourself from that, you may have gone through those trials, but you're no longer in that. You may talk about the struggle, but you can also talk about the victory. You can talk about the pain, but you can also talk about the, the bomb of Gilead, if you will. And so I love the fact that you used your words, even during your darkest times, to make sense of what was going on, to express yourself. And I think that's one of the beautiful aspects of poetry is being able to do that. And one thing you say, as you look at it from a different perspective as an adult, you could just see your own terrors and your own things as you were experiencing these things in these words. But at the same time, you were able to share those words with others. And that's why Scraps of Love, Poetry from the Darkest Night, 1997 to 2010, is available to our listeners to go ahead and pick up a copy today. Make sure you go ahead and pick up this copy and read this very vulnerable book that shares Shan's deepest thoughts. As you're going through this collection of poems, how old are you during some of these moments of time? Well, I started really getting into poetry when I was about 13. So it spans probably from that age until I was in my mid-20s. Your expression is going to change as you get older, as you mature, things of that nature. And so when you look back, you see where you were to where you're going. And I like to say, you don't look like what you have been through. If someone were to look at you, Shan, you do not look like you've been through the darkest night. You look like just a regular person who does regular things. And no one looking at you would know how, how strong you actually are. And so that's why I'm so honored to have this opportunity to share your poetry with our listeners. So when you decided to turn this into a book, what was it that gave you that impetus to do that? Well, it was that almost loss of it. It was so moldy. I don't know if anyone, if you're familiar with Texas, but you wouldn't think how fast something would decay down here. But we had flooded our shed with some rain and it was only a few days and we went in there and all of my work was moldy and clumped together. And I just kind of panicked and started 
you know, preserving it in word. And it really was just falling in love with it again as I was reliving it, having not seen it for so many years. And then feeling like now that I was safe, I was, you know, 1800 miles away from the people that had hurt me. They had no influence on my situation or friends or contacts or anything that I was building in my new life down here. And I felt like it was just time to start telling my story. And the beauty, like you were talking about words and poetry and things like that, the beauty about poetry is that it can be so abstract. So there's a safety in that, in that even while I was processing what was happening, I still could remove myself from it in a way because the expression is so abstract. So what you're saying is not really what you're saying. And there's a safety there. So that sense of safety also helped me decide that it was really time to just put it out into the world. Hey, man, I'm glad you did. Like I already said, your show talking about this was very inspiring for our listeners out there. And so this is just an extension of that. And now that I know a little bit more about the ID because of my talk with you, I could just see how both of these kind of meld and merge together. And your poetry here is just so beautifully written. And I'm surprised at the depth of character that you have. But some of these poems were written when you were very young and somewhere as you got older. And so let's go ahead and explore some of your younger poetry. Do you mind pulling out a couple of pieces from when you were younger and sharing them with our listeners? Sure. So one of the things that I did with this book, too, is the way that I arranged it was to go back in time. So I put the newer poetry in the front and then arrange them by year and then put the older in the back. That way I figured that way, if anyone didn't want to read the really bad stuff, they could just stop reading. <laughs> but I also like the idea of going back in time and seeing myself from present to past. So one of my favorite ones that I wrote back in 1998 is called Regret's Demons. Regret came to me tonight, and when she left, she unleashed her demons to torment me. Some danced around me as they sang of the monster I would become. Others sat and told horrific tales of what I'd done. How long will this nightmare last? Regret's demons keen all around, surrounding me, horrifying me. Finally, they are silence. She's returned. But when I face her, I see myself. My mind reeled as I realized that I am regret and her demons, my past and fears. They vanish as dawn stretched her fingers of light across the sky. I go about my day and feel the weight of my sins on my shoulders. My back and neck ache with the strain of bearing my burden. And I wait for the night with dread for the demons dance will begin again. Oh my gosh. I see what you mean about it being toward the end of the book as opposed to the front, because you could just tell your your fright there and all things that you're suffering from that. And as you share that story with our listeners, what are you hoping they can take from that poetry? Even if they can't take a definitive meaning, what do you hope that, that you evoke with those words? Well, at the time, it was just understanding. And now I hope they see growth. So when I look at the poetry now, so having, you know, understanding that even as believers, we have these deep and dark places and fears and we have to face those things in order to give them to God. So with my poetry, it really became that like facing things inside of me that I was afraid of. Even our system, that was how we first started communicating. That's really the only place we've ever communicated is through poetry. And so there's poems in here to each other. And just facing those deep places and dark places to be aware of them so that you can release those to God and find healing in those spaces. 
That is very profound, Shan, that we have to acknowledge these dark, deep places inside of us because they do exist. All of us don't have that rosy, uh, light-filled life. And if you do, thank God for it. You know what I mean? Thank the Lord for that. And so I would love you to read one of your newer poems now that shows the victory that you live in or the way you're starting to heal from your past. So this one is from 2008, which isn't one of my newer ones, but it is one of my favorites. Just because in my life, my family was probably my biggest foe. And so this was my statement that I was not going to be defeated by that. It's called the Black Piper of the Battlefield. The stunning cold of finding yourself back at the beginning. Sharp, twisted terrors creep through me, entwining about my bones like jellyfish. Quiet exhaustion looms over me, dragging my every step. A quiet normalcy that dreams of growing stronger diminishes like smoke on the wings of spring. These rebirth months are overtaken by doubts and fears. Quiet, I whisper into the night, yearning for a moment's rest, even though it seems intangible. The only thing that can be touched, tasted, heard are the voices of the past. They're urging me to give up my sword and surrender on my knees, hands open and accepting the predetermined fate. They whisper that I'll be a pawn no longer that my secrets will lie safe within me, but their words ring through me and I can't accept them as truth. Good things will follow, they say. I cut off my legs so I'm unable to follow the piper. Your music is twisted, but so alluring, and I quiet all that is in me to hear you sing these deceits. Then I swing up my sword, crippled at your feet, undefeated. That's absolutely beautiful, Shan. I love how it speaks power and vulnerability at the same time. And that's what I got as I was listening to poem. Now I went through one and I found one because you said a few moments ago that some of the poems are written from different altars to different altars. And this one's toward the beginning of the book is called One Altar and it says for Shan. Now I remember when you spoke about this in our last interview that your one altar, Ash, had integrated with you. So I'm wondering, is this poem that says one altar, what was the altar that was speaking to you about this? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> okay. Would you mind if I read it out? No, go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to read it for you. This is one altar for Shan. I don't need you, and I find it kind of funny that you need me, that you want me for what I can deliver, but only when I'm here. It's never easy. I'm either used or lonely. I choose one evil or another, but for both, I'm a million names, crazy and unstable, just so you can place your blame and fears on one altar. I don't pretend to be the one I need. I'm never out there, never what I need to be. It is never simple, the way you turn away like I'm a leper. You create a disease for you. I'm a million names, rejected and regret. So you can place your shame and tears on one altar. And that's from Scrap to Love, Poetry for the Darkest Night, 1997-2010. Hearing that again, does it bring up any memories? No, but it makes me feel guilty because that is a really big statement of how, how I treat my system. We had talked before about my fear of my diagnosis and how I felt... I still struggle with the idea that I even have DID. I do it all the time. Like even the other day I was like, oh, it's not real. And that is something I have to work on because I think this poem is an example of how that affects the other alters. They don't feel that I'm accepting of them. And that's probably one of the reasons we don't have a very good functioning system. 
So that is something that we need to work on. And I listen to you, and I just feel so blessed to know how strong you are, especially since you came onto the last show and just shared what the system does to protect you. And so now, in a very, very, very small, small, small way, because I can't, I don't live in your shoes, I understand what that means. And so we'll be praying for you in a system that you all can integrate, that you all need each other to survive because you did survive before. So that makes that very wonderful statement. So I hope you really take that with all sincerity because like you said on the show before, you know, we have to have a life, we have to eat, we have to have a job, we have to pay bills, you know. And so someone has to take control. Someone has to uh, work together. So I guess your other authors are saying, but we were there when you needed us. So don't forget us either. I guess that's what they're saying. I, I don't want to assume anything, Shan. So like, don't take us for granted and don't use us when you need us and then ignore us when you don't. Yeah. And I definitely understand that. And that, but that's good with anybody in life, Shan, not just you, but anyone, you know, you want to use people when you need them. So I definitely hope we don't turn into that. The next thing I want to ask you is with Scraps of Love, I know it's been out for, I think, about a year or two, I want to say. Oh, no, it came out this year. My apologies, it came out this year. So what has been just some of the responses you've received from people who have gotten their own copies of Scraps of Love? Pretty good because most of it's my support system. <laughs> the first edition came out in 2018 and I'm right now working on getting the second edition out. But I don't know, my niece is my very very biggest fan <laughs> and she's 13 and it is her favorite book. She reads it all the time and to me that is just awesome. You want people to love your work or at least start a conversation from it, but to have someone that loves you really love it is really cool. Amen. I like the fact that your niece loves it, that she's 13, and that something you're saying right now may empower her later in some aspect. So that's why I keep wanting to stress to you, Shan, and to your whole system, you guys are strong. And a lot of people couldn't live what you lived through and still survive, and you have. So I just want to let you know that you seriously are an inspiration. And just a Bible verse that really, really captures that is one that's quite well-known. It's quite well-known. Most people... They know it. <laughs> they know it by heart, but maybe they don't. And so I'm just going to read it so people can understand that, you know, I honestly think you can use this as your life verse even. You know what I mean? So I'm going to go to it right now. And I'm going to Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to read from the King James Version. As most of you know, I am not a KJV onlyer. I just prefer the lyrical prose of it. And Romans 8 from 35 to 39 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I got to be honest with you, Shan, you personify that. No matter what has happened, you have not been separated from the love of God. And that was something you shared with us at the last episode, too. <laughs> that is really cool that you brought that verse up because we didn't talk about it. And that is actually my life verse. So that is so neat. How cool is that? How cool is that? I'm so glad that. I was able to give you a verse that continues to uplift you. 
and continues to inspire you. And for all those who have gone through horrific things in life, you know, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And even in Shannon's book, Scraps of Love, Poetry During the Darkest Night, from 1997 to 2010, she understands that. And so you may find healing in these words as well. So go ahead and pick up your copy of Shan's poetry collection today. And I assure you that you won't be disappointed. So we are at the end of our show today, Shan. I want to thank you so much for being with me today. In the few moments we have left, I would love to know what else you're working on. Oh, my goodness. That is such a loaded question for every author out there. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Which one, right? (laughs) Oh, I know. Well, right now, um, I'm picking up a project I've been working on with my sister for about 15 years called The Children of Cachette. And it's a space opera epic about the chosen people of God being kidnapped and brought into various parts of the galaxy and then finding freedom. So it's loosely based on like the Exodus but kind of ties in end times and things like that. So I'm kind of delving back into that. It's a pretty big project and just re-familiarizing myself with that. And then, of course, getting Scraps of Love Edition 2 ready for release, which I'm hoping that will be this month. I have the ebook copy out right now, but I'm working on the paperback. So hopefully that will be soon. But And then there's the... I could give you a whole long list. Um, there's also the sequel to The Shaloma, which is also available right now on Amazon. And that is a fantasy story set in the Garden of Eden. And I'm working on the follow-up book called The Rafa. So lots of things going on. That's a good place to be because when you write, you continue to write. So yeah, because the ideas won't stop coming. So I'm very, very excited to see where you go with that. And I love your idea about the space opera. I love that. So make, let me know when you're uh, done with that book so we can have you back on. And we'll probably have you, not probably, uh, we're more than likely to have you back on for the Shaloma too once I get a chance to read it. So very excited for your projects coming up, Sham. And as always, I want you to encourage our authors out there whom God has given them the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. Yes, please do. There's something so liberating about creating and writing. We were all made to create. We were created by an amazing creator and he infused that into us and he gives us all the ability to create something and we just need to find where he wants us to create. And thankfully I knew as a very young age that I wanted to be a writer, but keep working. Like whatever it is that you decide that you need to use to further your voice in his kingdom and to further his reach into the world, don't be afraid of that. Just lean in and let him take you where he wants to take you because it's going to be amazing. Shan, I can't think of a better way to end our show today. So thank you so much for being with us today. Can't wait to have you back and have you back real soon. I can't wait either. This was so much fun. Thank you. And we were talking today to Shantagia. She is the author of the poetry collection, Scraps of Love, Poetry from the Darkest Night, 1997 to 2010. It's available on Amazon.com, so go ahead and pick up your copy today. What I really loved about talking with Shan is how much, even though she has DID, it hasn't stopped her from living. And if you have DID and you need help, make sure you go ahead and get help. If Shan can survive, so can you. And remember that life verse that I did not know was even her life verse from Romans 8, 30. Eight, where it says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is something trying to separate you from the love of God and from your love of writing? Don't let it. 
just pick up the pen and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.